0: Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Bitches, Witches, and Queers, a podcast dedicated to those who have left religion behind and are now seeking to rebuild their lives through self-exploration,
1: play, and spirituality. I, your host, Christina Carlson, am an embodiment and intuition coach. I work with Bitches, Witches, and Queers to discover their own worth and value
0: and learn how to trust themselves to create the lives they want. I'm an experimenter by nature, so this podcast, like my life, is an offering in flux. What you find here will be diverse and, hopefully, interesting. One thing you can know for sure is that we will get good and curious
1: here. Welcome. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Bitches, Witches, and Queers. I wanted to let you know um, I had so much fun recording with Audra, and we are going to make this a more regular thing just i realized that of course like doing something when it feels fun and enjoyable for me is usually the best outcome and we've just had so much fun with these episodes and so i've started having other chats other casual chats with um, some of the interviewees you've heard before, um, and I'm going to be re- releasing more casual chats with uh, my friends, and, um, I think you're gonna love it, I'm loving doing it, um, so yeah, let me know your thoughts, um, contact me on Instagram, send me a DM, send me an email, would love to hear from you, um, especially any thoughts you have about our conversations, uh, something you want to contribute want to hear from you um but yeah a lot of these are just going to be um casual conversations I will still be doing uh, more formal interviews and then hopefully following up with a lot of those guests for more casual conversations so um stay tuned and I hope you enjoy
0: welcome back everyone to the combination of ooh say more and bitches witches and queers (laughs)
2: Oh, we love a hybrid situation,
0: my <laughs> friends. That's the theme of this morning. That it? is the we're theme just talking about. Hybrid. We're just talking
2: about loving hybrid situations.
0: We we're talking about our love for Jenna Dale. <laughs> yes, that's true. <laughs> yeah,
2: if you're not following Jenna Dale, you 100% should be. Jenna's amazing.
0: Yeah, I uh, ordered a re- reading this morning. Um, her website is up, and she offers incredible services. Okay, so it was like maybe three months ago. I wanted to tell you about this experience. Oh. Because this is the one that's, like, the hybrid of human design and yeah. astrology. And I think she also pulled a card. But, like, basically, you send – you it's on her website. You say, like, this is what I'm, like, wanting to, like, work on, curious about, like, want answers to or whatever. And then she reads – she gets your birthday, too, and she reads, your like, your whole energy. And she writes, like, this poetic format of, like, what your energy is saying to her and, like – and then she records an audio version of it, so you can if you listen That's to it. Brilliant!
1: It's like brilliant. practical
0: insights. It's like it's. I I listened to like mine like twelve times in a row yeah. one night, and was just like, "This is so this helpful, is so insightful." Yeah, you just feel so seen. It's like <sighs> it's such a gift.
2: It's one of my favorite things when people take like like information like that. So anything from like astrology or the enneagram or human design and then they turn it into like an artistic medium, yeah. like something that's so like intuitive and beautiful. That's one of my favorite forms of like people's expression showing up. I fucking love it. I need to I need to set an appointment to like do something. Yeah, it's so I just love her work.
0: It's so unique. Mm. Like it's I feel like that's like <laughs> Okay, so I'm like obsessed with um Shows that are like fake documentaries. They're not fake documentaries. How do I describe this? It's a drama of a true story. Okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. So like yes. uh, Anna, the make inventing yes, Anna, inventing Anna. Um, we crashed. Yeah. Uh, what's the one I'm watching right now? The Dropout. Ooh. um that one? So all of these are like based on true stories, but they're they're dramas, oh, right? Love. And love, love. I'm obsessed with this concept because it's like about. It's about creatives, like people. Yeah. All, all of these are about like people who want to build something. Yeah. So they have like this entrepreneurial, inventive spirit behind it, um, which is just interesting to explore because all these people become like megalomaniacs and like oh, yeah. fucking ruin everything. <laughs> but <laughs> but I like that. I like seeing that like the beginning mm-hmm. and their like creative process and like what I think like at the beginning like there's just this idea of like well I just need to like fill a need. I need to like find something mm-hmm. and like step in here like a a purely like monetary vision. Yes. You know, and like for people like us that would that just doesn't work. No, like you you're, you're just like I don't give a shit. Yeah, and also <coughs> also it just like doesn't um it doesn't like give back to you in the way like no, unless it's not regenerative. You, Unless you are in it, like it isn't sustainable. Yeah. So like I don't know. It's just it's just really fascinating to me how like I mean we're talking about Jenna who's like really put herself in her work. It's like that's really that's really what thrives and gives yeah. back to you, and also like what stands out as really yes. supportive for other people because mm-hmm. it's like it's actually your energy literally just you. that you're giving. Yeah. yeah,
2: it's so funny. Like you mentioned that. Um, like, loving these shows and, like, these people who are, like, have, like, psychopathic or sociopathic tendencies. Um, and one of the things we were actually just talking about, I think, before we started recording, was whether or not Jenna is a manifesting generator. Oh, yeah, yeah, um, And one of the things I, I remember going... There's a TikTok account, and I need to find it all sent to you, but it is a woman who, like, basically connects true crime with human design. And she what? talked about how most of... Um, the most, like, notorious serial killers are manifesting generators. <laughs> and a lot of them have, like, it, it was one of those things I was Jenna, we're not talking it. about you. <laughs> and there's, like, a lot of correlation between the three line and the one line, too. I'm a 3-1 manifesting generator. Um, oh and I remember God. watching this and being like, oh, no. But, like, Ted Bundy, um, I want to th- say, was one of the ones that was, like, a 3-1 right. manifesting generator or something like that. Um, so you
0: were like set up to I'm be I'm set person. up.
2: But like the reason that it, I, I'm not set up because, you know, I'm not a serial killer. Sure. But like one of the things I talked about was why, how like with people who get away long term with these kinds of things, one of the things that makes them so hard to catch is they're always like three steps ahead of everyone else. Mm-hmm. And they're always trying to find new and different and better ways of doing what they do. Sure. So like, which is a law really beautiful it's gift. It's beautiful if it's like channeled into the right thing. Sure. But like it meant that law enforcement like couldn't keep up with them because by the time they would figure out a pattern, the pattern had changed because the manifesting generator brain is constantly like, oh, but how can I do this differently? How can I do it better? How can I do it in a, a way that's more aligned with like yeah. who I am and how I operate? And mm-hmm. so by the time they would like start putting together patterns, the pattern had changed. Yeah. Yeah, there's so much. I'm I'm so I'm so fascinated by the way human brains work and how like that kind of personality typing can turn out a Jenna Dale yeah. or a me or a Ted Bundy. Like there's just no, there's, this, is there's there's no this is why there's diversity. This is why there's
0: diversity. That's so interesting. Cool. I like I have, the. I've always had like, um, and I think this is this is like a form of imposter syndrome. I was mm. talking with my sister about this. I was like, there's always a part of me that's like been terrified that I'm like a narcissist. Or oh, like, yeah. You know, well, like I'm always asking my yes. therapist like, but what if I'm the narcissist? You know, and she's like, mm, I've known you for five years. That's oh, not God, you. Sorry. <laughs> like, that's not how this works. Yes. But it's always like, I feel like there's so many people who... Um, being afraid of their natural power yes. and are are playing small because they don't want to be a narcissist. Yes. They don't want to be a megalomaniac. Yes. They don't want to be a serial killer. Yeah. Yeah. Not, well, obviously, that's not the fear, but you they, know what I mean.
2: Fear our own power because we know that if that power goes awry, like if the wrong part of us, if our like dark side, if our shadow gets a hold of how powerful we are, what are we capable of? Like, I think there is that, like, natural human instinct, especially when you're a decent person who wants to cause no harm. There's that instinct inside you that's like, oh, but if I, like, step into my most powerful iteration, will it somehow ruin me to the point that I, like, will cause harm more Mm -hmm. than do good
0: with it? Yeah. Yeah, which is interesting because, like, a lot of that, I think, is rooted in, like, the the belief that we need to be kept in check. Yep to be safe and to keep others safe from us. Yeah. So the like the belief that there's like yeah. something inherently wrong with us, um, that those things are already like broken and unfixable, yep. like at their core somehow. Then we're like, just so, gonna like release them. So. Yeah, that it's like we're just like keeping this evil in. And like, you know, that's the thing is like the the way that we've we've been given these stories, like mm-hmm. these extremes of yeah. like what can happen when someone is Severely traumatized yes. and not functioning wholly. There's like this horrible shit happens, yeah. and like we see people in the power hoarding money. We see, yep. the, we see the consequences of this, and right. like I think the hiding and holding back our power is is like a knee jerk reaction yeah. almost. Instead of like, a how can I like usefully yes. channel my power? It's like, but I shouldn't um. have any.
2: It feels like, especially in the, like, iteration of culture that we're living in right now, we don't have all that many examples of people who are, like, in the full expression of their power, and they're also using it in a way that isn't exploitative or extractive from yeah. the rest of humanity. Yeah. Like, And I think, so it's so reasonable. I, I remind myself of this all the time. Anytime I feel myself, like, up or limiting myself and and being like, okay, like, I can't if I go to this next level of myself, if I move into this next iteration, if I welcome all of the pieces and parts of myself, who will I become? That's so reasonable because I think we just don't see many people, at least not people in like mainstream, the mainstream eye. We don't see that many people handling power particularly well. <laughs> no, we That's don't. just not, that's yeah. not our framework. I'm grateful. I think all the time i um, Rachel Maddox and Jen Lemon are two of the people that I always think of when I think about humans that I I think are just in the deepest expression of their power. Madison Morgan's another one of them. Mm -hmm. And yet, like they're wielding their power in such a like healing and wholeness and rootedness and groundedness. And like how do we how do we create a society and like little subcultures, pockets of culture? Where humanity is restored by our power mm. rather than extracted from by yeah. our power. Um, I'm so grateful that I have so many of those examples in my life at this point, but I don't think most people have that. I don't think like I, I think that's a deep roots privilege for me that I get to witness so many people managing their power so beautifully,
0: yeah, one thousand percent. and I think there's there's like there's, I mean, as most things, this probably comes back to white supremacy. Oh, God, yeah. Right? Because, like, the exploitation of anyone who's not a white straight man Mm -hmm. was, like, this top, so the hierarchy. And, like, I think just, like, oppressing other people's power is the only way that people continue to see white straight men as the pinnacle pinnacle of having power yes. so so of course it makes sense that we don't have as mm-hmm. much visual of this and of course it makes oh. sense that there's small pockets of people of color who have power that we can yes. respect and look up to because it's it's specifically been mm-hmm. oppressed by white yep. supremacy to maintain the illusion that white of men the
2: power of white systems are the only
0: ones who're supposed to have yep. power
2: oh there's so many layers to it. I think that's, yeah, the thing that crossed my mind when you were speaking to all of that was like how um, all of the the people that I just mentioned, so Rachel and Jen and Madison, um, what's really interesting about them is that as I find, because I've been following all of their work for a long time, um, and I find that the more they step into their power, the smaller and quieter their lives get. They don't get like, and not small and quiet in a bad way, small and quiet in a like, Intimacy and like rooting really deeply in community and like values. Um, whereas I think we have like culturally it's flip-flop. Like when you look at the average script of gaining power as again, like a white cishet man, um, he becomes bigger and bigger and more well-known and there's like more accumulation and like more attention and all of these things. Mm -hmm. Whereas it feels like the people who are using their powerful power really beautifully, as they do so, they start to understand that it's actually the small things. <laughs> like it's actually the small quiet spaces, our communities and our families and like the way we oriented our relationships to ourselves and pleasure and play and regeneration um, and honest conversation with people who have historically been pushed to the margins and subjected to violence just based on the bodies that they live in. Um, it's so interesting to me how like the difference between power well-wielded and power used to exploit, like they lead you in literally polar opposite directions. Like rather than you getting bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger, like I'm watching these people like tuck in. It's like their lives are just getting so much quieter and like so much more focused, like a laser rather than just like this mass
0: accumulation yeah, that's so interesting. Mm. Okay, power is something that is like fascinating to me because it's I've just been thinking. Sad. I've been thinking about this a lot lately, and about like just like the relationship that we have to power and also money, because oh. we we equate money and power yeah. a lot. Because okay. you know, for good reason. Yeah, um, So in the society
2: that's not completely off base.
0: Right. Exactly. But like, I just I'm I'm interested in. In those directions. So, like, so, what is? <laughs> I'm also I'm also thinking about something else too at the same time, which I think is related, which is that like, um, what is the difference between deserving and um, what's the other word? It's not. Um... Oh, God, I'm gonna think of it. <laughs> it's, it's it's what privilege does. Um, <laughs> But it's the belief that you're owed something. What's Entitlement. Happening? Entitlement. Yeah. Okay. So the difference between deservingness and entitlement, entitlement yeah. is, I think, the difference between power <gasps> that serves oh. and power that puts down.
2: Worthiness and entitlement. Yep. Yeah.
0: yeah. Because your your worthing, worthiness trusts that your power is there yeah. to serve and to serve you and everyone. Mm-hmm. Entitlement says you owe me this. Uh-huh. Yeah, Some, and it has
2: to be like proved.
0: It's like, an owing. Yes. Yep. It's approving and owing the the worthiness and trusting your power and worthiness is this is quiet. Like yeah. you said, it's just a a knowing that yes. you work within yourself to move towards.
2: Yeah, it's so that like the texture of the energy between entitlement to power and a sense of worthiness in your power. Those are two completely different energetic like profiles. There's no, there's no way to compare them yeah. because one of them, again, I I keep the word that keeps coming to mind is Mm prove.
0: Like I think about
2: like how, when we look at like a traditional Americanized Westernized sense of power, like that power can't just exist. It has to be proven and Mm -hmm. seen and chased after and like validated externally. Um, And there is such a like, there's such a quiet gentleness to power that you just know is. There's such a like, I don't have to prove this. I don't have to push anyone else down in order to assert my sense of mattering in the world, to assert my sense of worthiness. Um, Yeah, there's just like a quiet gentleness to real internalized power that you don't need anyone else to affirm for you. Well, because the
0: the belief is that... You aren't the only one with power. Hmm. That's the thing, is like when you step into worthiness, yes. you you are believing that not only for yourself, but all beings. Yeah. So There's you, no hierarchy.
1: Right. Everyone there's no hierarchy.
0: So you don't need to prove yeah. because everyone has the same oh. amount of power. So at the same time, you don't need to assert yourself. You're just like, this is Literally. what is for me. Yeah. Does it work for you? No. Okay. Uh then we part ways. Like yeah. there's there's this like respect of yeah. of all human beings. And their own sovereignty, yes, that approving power like opposite kind of power, hungry is like you need to be less so, so that, that I can, I can prove yep that yep. I'm worthy
2: it's a ladder like the the traditional yeah. like model of power is a ladder, mm-hmm. like it's power over right, not power within, yeah, and that's those are such different things like i, yeah. I and I find myself more and more drawn toward people who have cultivated their sense of power within because in general, since those people don't have an understanding of power as being something that's hierarchical, like if you start taking power, then it's going to like somehow upstage me. Mm -hmm. Um, People who have that like power within and have done the work to cultivate that, they understand that someone else coming into their power is in no way a threat to them. Right. Like, someone else coming, if I am like deeply rooted in my internalized sense of worthiness and power and agency, then no one else's journey toward power and worthiness and agency impacts my sense at all. Like not at all. It doesn't have anything it, to do with me. It in fact, like, it. It elevates it. Exactly. We yeah. like, could like come into power together as a community side by side. Mm-hmm. It's like power with instead of power over. Yeah. Like I think that's, that's what we're, watching a cultural shift toward, I'm so grateful to like feel like I'm watching so many people who are making that transition Mm. and doing so in such like in ways that are honest and like out loud, but they're also creating space for beginning to create a life that's just like much more like local and face-to-face and Mm. hands-on. Yeah. I'm so curious to see, I want to see that like really, take root in so many more people's lives because there's so much freedom in it like i'm exhausted by the other form of power like when i (laughs) see people like chasing it and trying to prove themselves in order to like acquire and maintain some sense of like hierarchical power i'm just like i'm tired for you that has to be exhausting let's not do that let's do power with (laughs) like i can do power beside
0: it's like the only model that we were taught which is why i think it's, it's so easy like To, so I think like especially within religion there there was like, there there was only a hierarchical understanding of life right yes so Um, they're like obviously power bad because it's hierarchical and so we should only have like the holiest of people hold power right so they 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 didn't know another way I mean they probably. Sure, they had chances. Yes. Um, they chose another way, and that influenced our entire culture. Yeah. So they believed that hierarchical processing, like yeah. at in every area, was the way that life yes, was. That's just how it was. And so they didn't see that there was another way. I feel mm-hmm. like after after leaving religion and. See, especially like noticing like the us versus them mentality Whew. helped like shift that. Yes. Yep. And like, because, because power with is not dangerous. It's not dangerous. No. At fucking all. Yeah. All it does yeah. is put firm boundaries. Yeah. Which okay. you know people who don't understand boundaries or want to live in a hierarchy get really pissed off at because they're yeah. like you don't have. The hierarchical stance yes. to say no to me or whatever, yes. because they're still operating from that other framework. That place, yep. It's interesting too. Have you experienced um,
2: Have you experienced shifts in the way you perceive power as you parent? Because, like, what comes back to me, like, as we were talking about that, is like we. I started internalizing a sense of hierarchy when I was a kid because the way that I was parented was very. This is the parent up here. And way on the fuck down here is the child. And, like, um, it's so interesting to see how, like, I don't parent that way. Like, I understand. um, My partner at Kinsey and I talked about this at some point last year. And it, like, shifted the way I look at parenting so much. Mm. Um, We were talking about looking at our children as partners.
1: Mm -hmm. Like,
2: we're not in a, like, of course there are going to be moments when for like safety related reasons, I have to pull rank with my two year old who wants to run across the street. Sure. Like I have to pull rank in certain circumstances, but like keeping my kids safe, like in his literal physical embodiment is not the same thing as like asserting dominance over him. But like I was raised and I think in religion as a whole, it was very common. Like Mm -hmm. the mentality around parenting was like, you have to shape your kid. Like you have to like guide them in the direction that you see fit. Like you see fit as a parent. Uh, It's so interesting to think about because in ways like I, I like, I'm I'm struggling with how to say this because it sounds so severe, but it's like, it's true. My parents broke me. Yeah. And that was the goal right. for them. Like right. set for them by external, like
0: I've I've heard that like said. the way that you break yeah. a
2: horse. Like that there's that, like you take that wildness and you tame it down to something that can be managed and led and moved forward in a specific direction. My parents broke me the way you would break a horse. And I'm still trying to put myself back the fuck together. Yeah. And especially as a person, I I can see you being this person inside the church too. Um, I'm a triple fire sign. My chart is half fire. Like I'm not built to be managed by something outside me. (laughs) That's not what I'm here for. Mm -hmm. Um, And so like, I think I required a little additional breaking because my personality type was never set up to be submissive or, like, give a, a that many fucks about what other people thought. And so, like, the process of breaking me was severe. It had to be, if it was going to happen. But, like, for the church, that was, like, what they instilled in parents as the way. Like, you break the sinful spirit of your child. Because your child's spirit is inherently <clears throat> sinful.
0: Yeah.
2: And so they don't look at it as breaking us. They look at it as breaking our sin nature. Mm-hmm. But I'm sitting here as a 37-year-old trying to piece myself back together and going, I will never do that to my child. Like, I, I can't. I can't in good conscience. Like, I'll have moments, of course, because we're human. I'll do the wrong thing in a million ways. But at the end of the day, my kid is a person. Like, he's a whole person. He's not broken. Like, mm-hmm. he's young, but he's not broken. Yeah. So, I could just partner with him. I don't have to control him. Mm. I don't have to be his manager at all times, um, especially the older he gets. It's such a weird thing to think about like how much my sense of power has changed and how I view it has changed since I became a parent. because mm. there's so much there was so much of my my inherent sense of like power that was taken from me at a young age.
1: Mm.
2: And I just don't want to do that to my kid. Yeah, I see that in so many of the people in our generations who are our generation who are parenting now. Like we don't want to break our kids, so mm-hmm. they have to put themselves back together in thirty years in a the therapist's office for one hundred and twenty bucks
0: an hour. Fuck, <laughs> man. Oh yeah. So I'm. I feel like I'm in the process of shifting that. Still. Mm, yeah. It's taking me a little longer to realize. I mean, not really realize. In theory realize in practice Mm. Um, because uh, my kiddo is about as passionate as I was when I was her age and um,
1: uh,
0: you know like woke me up at one in the morning yesterday because she wanted to watch TV in the middle of the night and then threw a fit about it Um, so you know there's There's no reasoning. No reasoning. Um, the there's millennial. just. I'm so sorry. You're gonna have to cry about this because yeah. I'm gonna go back to bed. And I have, to be- have a big feeling. So that's my. Yep. That's my boundary. Um, <laughs> but it's uh, it's it's been a, a shift that is um, still at work in shifting things in my own heart and life because I. Um, I don't think the process of just, like, letting go of hierarchies and that version of belief in power is, like, an instant thing. At least it hasn't been for me. It's been, like, a deep, long uprooting, and I feel like at this point, I'm just, like, being called to the next level of, like, understanding my power, understanding my kids' power, and, like, how we can work together. Yeah. You know, if that's a tootsie roll to get you to walk into the classroom as a four-year-old, then
2: that's what we're doing. We can roll with that. That's not the end of the world. (laughs) No. It's not the end of
0: the world. Incentive. (laughs)
2: Incentive.
0: Yeah. Because what what is also true is that life is and will be full of shit that we have to do that we don't want to. Yup. So finding ways to deal with and cope with that with someone who's supportive and says so sorry you have to do this yeah. and we have to do this. Yes.
2: It's the both. <laughs> and I think of like teaching our kids. Cause I think our, my parents did a great job of like teaching me that the world's not fair. And there's a lot that I'm going to have to do that I don't want to do. Um, but like they didn't have the tools when I was young to like help me navigate the emotions behind it and like regulate my emotions about that. Because of course they're going to like, there are going to be moments. There are a million moments in my everyday adult life that I'm like, this is not what I fucking wanted. Like, this is not what I asked for. But like, at this point I've built the emotional regulation tools at least up enough that I can like work with myself through those moments. I think all the time, like what if our kids don't have to build that alone in their twenties and thirties? What if like Hmm. they have parents who are, cause that's like, I think how like when I look at partnering with my child, so much of it comes down with, comes down to partnering with him, to create a toolbox for emotional regulation mm. so that he can handle being a human. Cause being a human is really beautiful and it's also really fucking hard. Yeah. And it's going to be for all of us in various ways. Um, so like, how can I partner with him to create a scenario where when hard shit happens, he doesn't break, but he also doesn't repress. Mm. He also doesn't like just go, well, it is what it is.
0: Yeah, And I also want to say in that, like, your kid is a person, so they might say, fuck your strategies. They might say, fuck your strategies. And they might choose repression. They might. And they might choose to just not fucking listen.
2: They might choose to not fucking listen. That (laughs) is... Like, that's the thing. At least Ooh. you
0: offered. At least
2: you offered. And, and, like, and you're there. You're, you're there and you're present. And I think that's, yeah, they God, that's one of the, like, spaces of parenting that's so tender is, like, knowing that yeah. you can do all of the things and give them all of the tools. And at the end of the day, they are still a whole human with an entire life experience that's not about you, like, as a parent. Nope. <laughs> and so at the end of the day, there are going to be things, that ways that they orient in the world that we don't understand. I don't know. I'm so hopeful that I, I like, think all the time about the tools that I have versus what my parents had. Yeah. And my hope is that it goes in the opposite direction, that, like, my kid, like, in some ways comes to the point where he says fuck your tools because his are actually better. Like Mm -hmm. his are more like evolved as he gets, as he gets older. Like he looks back and goes, (laughs) yeah, cool. This worked for a time, but like then outgrows me.
0: (laughs) Yeah. I, I really hope, I really hope that too. My four-year-old already says "fuck your tools." Fuck your tools, yeah. (laughs) So, so, it just—I feel like so much just depends on the kid and like it one hundred percent does adapting to like whatever whatever they're in at the time. Because we we sing the Daniel Tiger if you feel so mad, like one hundred and fifty times a day. What's Maya's sign? I don't know. What's her birthday? May 22nd, or March 22nd.
2: March 22nd. Okay, so she's... She's an Aries? Pisces-Aries cusp. Okay. Which is, she? I don't know, she'll either be, she'll be one or the other, but she's really close to both. Aries is like that fiery... Um, I, I have an Aries moon, and I always refer to it as like the part of me that, if I don't have my emotional regulation tools in check, I have the emotional regulation tools naturally of a toddler, at all times, like, yeah, if I don't like
0: that, that sounds right.
2: Check, uh, that's Aries energy, it's fiery and big and dramatic. Yeah, and, um, Pisces can also be super fucking dramatic.
0: I have an Aries but in a moon. very different way. Oh, you too? I think so. Yeah,
2: oh, I want to see your whole chart. So, but do you know where
0: your rising is? No, because I don't know what that means.
2: Yeah, okay, um, <laughs> we'll come back to that at okay. some point. I'll just like look up your birth chart. Um, <laughs> This is a 100% tangent, but one of my partners um, literally has a relationship manifesto, and on our first date, they sent me the relationship manifesto, um, like, (laughs) breakdown of, like, relational values, and this is how I'm really good at communicating, and these are my love languages, and this is my Enneagram, and these are my, like, sexual health protocols, and, like, all of the things. It was so well thought out. Oh, my God. Um, (laughs) Just... Ugh, I had a boner about that person. I was going to say organization boner. Organization boner. I love it so much. (laughs) Um, But they also included all of the information so I could just, like, fucking look up their birth chart. They didn't even, like, bother putting their top three. They just, like, gave me the birth time and the birthplace and all the things. And I was just like, oh, no, I'm going to keep you. (laughs) Oh, no. I'm just going (laughs) to keep you. I love a birth chart. You know yourself. You know yourself. (laughs) Yeah, that's always, it's always my favorite when I go on first dates and I'm like, what's your, do you know what your sign is? And they're just like, I'll just give you the information for my birth chart,"
0: Which is better because cool. then you can look up their human design too. Then I can look up <laughs> their human
2: design too. <laughs> exactly. They give me too much power. They <laughs> can give me away too much power. <laughs> it's not safe.
0: On that note, I'm going to end our first episode. Love it. <laughs> Thank you all for joining me today. If you are wanting one-on-one support to help you step into trusting yourself, seeing your own magic, and building the life that you want,
1: you can contact me on my website. The website is below in the show notes.
0: I hope you all have a fishing day.